talk well, about I'm, that. I'm pressing record we'll anyway. No, I'm pressing record. This is fascinating. Talk about it. Talk about yeah. it. Um, yeah. I, I, was, I didn't press record when you asked Dan if he had a butt plug in right now. Although I wish I had. <laughs> how many day people day, actually, moment to moment. How many people would actually do that? I mean, do what? Sit around during the office hours with, with a, a uh, something in the bum? Yeah. Well, years uh, ago, Howard and I had a woman on the uh, show with vibrating panties. Like, yep. So there's a vibrator built right into the panties, and then she has the control, and she led us to believe that. A lot of women at work would have that in midday, you know, for a refresh or a, to relax. Just grab the little, you know, the little <laughs> remote and, uh, and a lot uh, of us are yeah. smartphone interact. <laughs> yeah, no, sure. it would be now. I would. Yeah. Put the, well, I'm sure it's all controlled remotely now. Yeah, but remember that was like, well, yeah. Yeah, a woman could wear these in the middle of the day, you know, when you're stressed out, you can just, you know, hit this little thing. And yeah. Um, I'm just laughing because be, because the question before, the butt plug question to Dan was, <laughs> we were talking about a bunch of buildings that have been torn down in the neighborhood, and I said, you know, so-and-so replaced, aren't we naughty? And Fred says to Dan, so where do, where do you get your dildos? And I responded, well, yeah. I said, Dan gets him at the no frills dildo because he likes to be uh, environmentally friendly yeah. and frugal. <laughs> you know what they don't have at uh, Value Village? No one, no one's turning in old dildos. No, no, no. Yeah. Because of a, because of a, <laughs> what's the word? Um, Unsanitary. Is that the word? Yeah, that type of thing. Yeah, yeah. Hygiene, disease. Hygiene. 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 <laughs> <laughs> Although I wonder, is there a five-second rule with a butt plug? I don't know. These are the kind of questions. But I could see places like, are we a naughty now? I mean, that was my original point. Like, who who needs to walk in to buy a dildo now? No, and you can exactly. just do it online. You can call a dildo delivery. You know, that it took some time, but they've gone the way of, uh, you know, uh, what was the uh, video place again with the, uh, what was it called? Netflix, Jumbo, Jumbo oh, video, Blockbuster. Oh, Blockbuster, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Dan, we used to go to Cockbuster. <laughs> I don't know. I thought that would get more reaction, but I didn't. Yeah. Um, there, there was a video store <laughs> here in Brampton. That it was a regular one, um, not not Blockbuster, but just like a private guy. And the uh, and the uh, the pornography section, you had to go through like saloon doors, right? That's what he <laughs> like torture you would see on a saloon. Yeah, so it was all normal, and then it got all dark at the back. You had a couple of saloon doors that you had to bust through to go in there. I, not that I ever did. Oh, really? I remember there was a place, not Blockbuster, in my neighborhood there in Mississauga. And it wasn't a Video 99, but it was like that, kind of sketchy. And the porn section had beads, the beaded door. Yeah. I swear, I'm not making it up. You had to go through beads to go into, <laughs> to, right. go to, to buy Cockbuster the video talk about <gasps> sanitary too like oh i know like what's on those beats like ugh. well right. listen there's still a place down the street here wiggles is still in business and i yeah, and i've no. never been in there but i there's yeah. some stuff going yeah well, yeah i just want to go in there and see somebody from my building oh hi how you doing <laughs> I you how's get- it going I thought you'd go get yourself a nice jerk sandwich and then just walk in there and look at what they have to offer. Well, here's the thing. On my on that next block, it goes weed store, pizza place, 
jerk place video porn rub and tug. Then there's three jerk places. <laughs> That's right. And then an optician. So you go you go from weed to glasses and in between you can have something to eat and have your meat beat. There's still a video porn store? Yeah, Winkles, man. Yeah, how? Like, what's that? That's a front. Like, what are they renting? They can't. Dan, I, I don't know. I, I've walked by it a thousand times. I've never been in, although we should go in just for research purposes. For research like, purposes. Yeah, like, we should. Who even has a DVD player to play the DVD on? I don't know. Like, you don't yeah, what are you play. playing them on? Yeah. Maybe it's old school. You know, people they just won't, you know, <laughs> well, things the way they were. <laughs> <laughs> I, I do like the side in because it says Wiggles. I always call it Uncle Wiggles to make it sound creepier, but they've got two signs that tell you where to park. That one says, uh, you know, parking in the rear. <laughs> I always go like, <laughs> what is this? A specialty shop? Is that <laughs> it's like it? Just basically, it's telling you that you can go around the back or you can park one in the rear. <laughs> Here's how old I am. There used, you remember there used to be a lot of arcades on Young Street? Maybe that predates you guys, but there was. I mean, I've, I've heard of it, but I, that was before I came to town. Like video arcades? Yeah, video arcades. There's yeah, tons yeah, yeah. of them, yeah. <clears throat> yeah. The old, old style. Yeah, pinball ones. machines. and. See, you'd go down there on a Saturday, and there was a section there, too, where their idea of like pornography or risque or adult entertainment was a section where you actually put a quarter in and you crank the thing and it was like you know no, the old you style didn't. with the pictures no, no you I'm didn't. telling you the truth you would crank it and it would just show like a couple like naked and getting undressed and then it would stop just before intercourse because it, it wasn't allowed back no then. no oh yeah mm. but you'd be cranking this thing just like the old so you were cranking with one hand and cranking it with the other <laughs> Hey, and that's like that would be late, yeah, late sixties, early seventies. When I first came to Toronto, it was to be a, I, I came to Yuck Yucks, and um, that was when it was at Bay in Yorkville. Mm-hmm. Young Street still had a lot of arcades, but I also think it had peep shops. You know, like where where they had evolved to, where you went in to watch videos. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. But I don't recall them being like, you had to like turn the, you know, whatever the, whatever that's, what is that, yeah. Dan? The, uh, when you crank the, uh, like the silent movies. And then the pictures and all. The pictures roll. One after another, and it looks like motion. Oh, um, a Votoscope or something? Yeah, like something that? like that. Anyway, yeah, they actually had those in there. And I, you're right, Howard. And then later, when video first came, even before you had it in your home, there was a lot of places on Young Street where you could go in and control what you were watching. You know, you'd go in a booth and you could, through video, hit a button. And and again, honestly, not that I ever did, but I, I, I heard how these things work. Mm-hmm. It was creepy. Yeah. Like, fuck, who'd want to go into one of those booths? Listen, I remember coming here to Toronto and somebody told me about, I think it was on Bloor Street, it might have been on Young, where they still had a porno movie theater. And I always, and I, I seriously, I always thought, well, I don't know if I want to go in there because the only people watching porno in the afternoon <laughs> are other creepy guys. But no, um, like no insertion, right? It was all up back in that day, in the day. 
they had to edit them. Yeah. Just before insertion, they'd have to take that out, or there was no ejaculation allowed to be shown. <laughs> but, I mean, think of that scenario. It's the same reason I never really like strip clubs, because I'm like, okay, so what's the point? First of all, like, so we're going to go in here, we're all going to get all horned up, and then yeah. what happens? Yeah. You I know? know the roast beef is good, but Jesus. I don't think they serve roast beef in strip clubs anymore. They don't? <laughs> it's like you've had the same strip club reference for 32 years. <laughs> the roast beef and they don't oh, have oh, buffets. At, they don't have buffets at strip clubs. I, I don't know. I don't think they do. Dan? Well, then why would you make that declaration that they don't? Well, I just, I, just, I just don't think they do. So well, those ones up by the airport, you can't get yourself a nice buffet <laughs> while you're watching. <laughs> and even that always made me laugh. I was like... Um, <laughs> Sitting there eating your sandwich. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, listen, we got a we got a jam packed show today. Got a lot of stuff to get through. Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna send you guys. Uh, I'm gonna send you a text here. Yeah. Um. There's <laughs> nothing more exciting. Well, no, this uh, is what, it was actually. Podcast it was actually very exciting. Other guys in the podcast. Well, that's our kind of podcast, though, Dan. I mean, God damn it! Okay. All right. So here is uh, I've played golf for fifty-one years. This will be my fifty-second year of playing golf, and you both know I've never had a hole in one. Right. But yesterday, what did you? What I came as close as I've come. Oh. <laughs> I just Almost. want to let you guys down. I've came, honestly, as close as I've come in a really long time mm. for the ball to actually go on the hole. Like, And it was one of those things where as soon as it left my club, it wasn't like a shot that bounced off something. Like, as soon as I hit it, you know, I knew it was a good swing. You know, I had that right feeling. And it went right at the flag, 153 or 4 yards. And uh, the ball landed and went right by the cup. And if you if you open up the picture and then I'm go in, you were looking at it now. Yeah. But here's what I want you to do: scroll in a little bit, and about a foot and a half before the hole, you'll see the indent where the ball landed. Mm-hmm. Oh, right. And so from you know from 153 or four yards away, mm-hmm. you know that ball is going right at the flag. And again, as soon as I hit it, everyone goes, you know, good swing, nice shot, whatever. But in the air, it's one of those things where I think I've been waiting for it so long that it it seems surreal. Like, I went, oh, this is going at the flag. I've done that before. But when it hit, it just, just before it rolled by the hole, it looked like it went in the hole. Because, you know, from that far away, yeah. it, it didn't appear behind the cup. Because it's only four or five inches excuse me, past the hole. Well, based on that picture, it looks like, because you see the indent, it, but it, it must have lipped the cup. Yes. Yeah, it and basically... Just, you know, one of those. Well, although I can't say I, I saw it lip out, but we saw it, dis, like I said, just for a second, it disappears before it goes by the hole. And uh, But I sort of held... I think I might have held my breath, like, is this actually happening? <laughs> like, I don't know what I'm going to do if it ever happens in... And it's funny because I, I drew a line on my notes this morning from hole-in-one all the way up, I don't know if you can see this, to Leafs. And I thought to myself, you've waited 50-plus years 
for the Toronto Maple Leafs to you know, win the Stanley Cup. You've waited 15 years, I think, for them to get by the first round. Maybe I have that math wrong. No, it's close. But uh, I thought, what if I get a hole-in-one and your team wins the Stanley Cup? Wouldn't that just... And then we could just shut it all down and, mm-hmm. you know, go to the vet, get a shot, and be done with it all. That's what I'm going to do. I'm just going to go to the vet say, okay, put me out of my anguish. <laughs> Dress up as a dog. <laughs> Get Fred right. to take you in. No, Fred, no, take me to the vet. Put me down. Dog. <laughs> anyway, it was pretty exciting. You know, it's kind of cool. I guess, yeah. Yeah. It certainly is. There's nothing quite like that. I mean, for someone of my caliber, because on a par three, you just want to put it on the green. That's a major achievement for someone of my caliber just feels good that feeling when the ball is going up in the air and then it bang lands on the green and to have it closer in the hole would be yeah i don't even know if i've ever been close whatever close is you know what i mean but yeah well i mean i yeah i i think i've told this story until 2013 i and and so that's only uh nine years ago eight years ago no sorry what is it? It's nine years ago. I'd never seen one. Like, I'd been playing golf all my life with a lot of pretty good players. And until that day, my older brother, David, got a hole in one. And I, I was more excited, I think, than he was because I had finally seen one. Like, and, and, by the way, same hole. Right. Same hole as last night. Hmm. And uh, I just remember thinking, wow, I've gone this long playing this game and never seen it. And I've seen a couple since. But I've never had one, obviously. Right. I read an interesting article a couple of days ago about, and you probably already know this, about the evolution of the uh, of hole-in-one insurance. You know, there's all these tournaments that have insurance yeah. companies that insure, you know, if you had the tournament, somebody gets a hole-in-one and then they give out a bunch of money. Yep. Um, that came from uh, golfers in Japan, apparently, when someone did get a hole-in-one. They, it started out that you're supposed to buy a round for, you for know, everyone, exactly, yeah. And then it, it grew into these big, huge, expensive banquety kind of things. So people, part of their deal, I think now even, is that they pay, uh, you know, 40 bucks a year or something like that. Yeah. Well, Insure themselves against that big banquet that they have to throw when they get a hole-in-one. Well, we have that at Clublink. And in fact, last night, a buddy of mine got a hole-in-one. And uh, and everyone gets a beer. I had my fake beer. It was great. But yeah, there's there's these tournaments where they say if you get a hole in one, you get a hundred thousand dollars, and you can buy insurance for that, obviously. But what you're talking about is the club, excuse me, offers it to their players so that if you happen to get a hole in one, you don't have to buy. A, there was 150 guys last night. You don't have to buy them a beer. Yeah. If I got a hole in one, I'd claim it was off a mulligan. No, no, that was off a mulligan. Sorry. <laughs> That's right. No, it doesn't count. No, it doesn't count. <laughs> I always Within thought myself, that was I'd a... know that I'd have the hole in one, but I could avoid the, the expenditure. Yeah, no, that was a mulligan. I find that weird, though, that I don't find that weird. That's typical. I find it weird. No, <laughs> that Fred. part's not weird. That's Fred. I just, don't you think that's weird? You get the hole in one. Yes. And shouldn't everyone buy you a beer? <clears throat> yes. It's ridiculous. Um, speaking of uh, near beer, uh, non-alcoholic beer, what's with the price? I don't get that. Uh, I'm not sure. 
you know, Howard, or Darren gave me this beer called a Partake, and it was really good. Yeah, I've had it's them. A, yeah. It says pale, and then I think, well, that's a good one. I thought, I'm going to try the IPA. Yeah. Four of them, 355 milliliter cans, $8. Four of them for $8, right? Is that good or bad? Well, translate that to a 24. That's six times eight is like $48. That's about the, the same price as regular beer, yet regular beer is subject to all these alcohol taxes. So you would think those wouldn't be part of the equation. But I really was surprised at the price of it. Even like six Heinekens, like $12 or eleven ninety nine, like near beer or, or non-alcoholic Heinekens. Mm-hmm. I mean, there wasn't a big selection at Sobeys. But, and then the, what's the one you talk about at Brampton? S- sober, uh, sober Carpenter. <laughs> Christ. Are they expensive? They're really expensive. Yeah. I, again, I, I, I don't have any perspective, and I don't know why they are. Uh, I don't know what... They're subject to in terms of taxation and such, but again, I and, I, and I also don't have any perspective because I don't, I don't buy twenty four, I don't buy right. two fours, you know, I buy like six at a time. But those, I think those ones you you uh, sober carpenters, I think like twelve of them are like forty dollars or something. Again, I don't know. I've never bought more than a couple at a time, and that's kind of I only drink them, you know. No, no, no. Yeah, I, I know what you're saying. Yeah. But I just don't understand it because they lead you to believe that beer and liquor and wine are so expensive because of all the taxes that are attached to them. And we all sort of accept that. So I'm going thinking, boy, this non-alcoholic beer must be a great, like, not only if it's good and it's obviously going to be a bargain because it doesn't have alcohol and it's exempt from the tax. All I can guess, I, I guess, is because... Maybe they don't sell a ton of it that they've got a. They don't the make price. it. They don't make a ton of it. Yeah. Yeah. Although so. I had my first uh, non-alcoholic Corona last night. Yes. So it was really good. Right. I, I, I don't. Again, I. It's been so long since I've had a real beer. I don't know that you. For me, at least, I couldn't tell the difference if that was a regular Corona. I found it very did, refreshing. Did you have a lime in it? Yes. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It was fun. It was very nice. But, you know, again, I've been drinking this Molson Ultra. It's like 3%. Now, And some of those uh, non-alcoholic, they got some sugar in them, man, those things. Like high in carbohydrates. Um, but, but the Corona only had 60 calories. But I had another one. Yes. I had the big tall boy Erdinger. And it has 130 calories, which is about the same as a regular beer, right. is it not? Yeah, those tall boy Molson Ultras are only 90 calories. It has 3% alcohol and only like three carbs. So it's like I'm not so anxious to get away from alcohol that it, no, makes, a lot of, it makes a lot of sense for me to pay that money for a non-alcoholic beer. I don't know. It's just a little bit of a quandary. I'm no, in right I get now. it. I'm trying, to, I'm trying to figure this out. Uh, the sober okay. carpenters uh, that I've, you've had at my house, Dan, are 60 calories. And they're, they're and it's a big tall boy. It's whatever milliliters. They're only 60? 60 calories, bro. Wow. Yeah. All of them. But I, the, the, I just I don't get the price. But it, it's got to be that. that They just don't know, make the, them. They don't make them in the same they don't volume. Make enough yeah. to, right, right. Yeah. Um, although companies like Heineken and Molson, like I've got those Heineken little stubby cans, and they're also 50 or 60 calories. And that, yeah. But they must make those in a, in a higher volume. And, I, and I'll, I'll tell you what, I'm going to do a little due diligence for you. Mm-hmm. I think they're cheaper, those little Heineken ones. And mine, I know, I've also had the 
partake or whatever. They sell them at Sobeys. They're they're not those, my favorite. Those are really expensive. Yeah, I find them a bit thin. Those those ones. Dan, what were you going to say? I was going to say, let's take a step back and and look at uh, what's happened this week. There's uh, earlier in the week, you guys were singing the praises of the non-alcoholic. I'm beer still singing them. them. Still are. And it's devolved into complaining. No, no, no not the, me. Him. Me not complain. I'm not complaining. I complain about nothing. Is complaining really the word to use here? No, you are. I'm not complaining. I said I'm surprised at the price. Yeah. I'll tell I'm you. I'm not what. complaining because it's not like I, that's what I have to buy. That would be a complaint. I mean, I'm just waiting to get dressed up as a puppy so Fred can take me to the vet and just end all this nonsense. <laughs> what? Dan? Yeah. But you do us a favor. We start this freaking show already. Because this, this, this episode has just been the pre show. Oh, right. The pre show's over, and yeah, now pre-show's it's time. Over. Pre show's over, and now it's time for the Humble and Fred Show, being mm. broadcast to the world from Humble and Fred Studios in Brampton, Toronto, and the lusty shores of Lovesick Lake. And is brought to you by Gig Sky, the Retirement Sherpa, the Chambers Plan, Bodog, Health Gauge, and our newest sponsor, Hush Blankets, with their 100 night guarantee. And now here are two men who are all excited that garage sales are back and can't wait to make some cash selling jars they put in their blue bins. <laughs> this one's great. It's from the time we ate pickles. It's Humble and Fred. That's funny, Dan. You know what my favorite garage sale purchase ever? Mm-hmm. The, the unicycle that you gave me. Yeah. Yeah. I have a unicycle. Well, I don't even know where it is now. What was it? Ten buck. Ten buck unicycle. Dan got me, uh, he fixed up a unicycle for me, and I spent a summer learning how to ride it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Fell down, fell down, fell down, fell down. That was every day. Just tried it, fell down. And the kids of the neighborhood have grown up and will always have that memory. <laughs> of watching me fall. It took me six weeks. Alley. Six weeks of trying to balance a unicycle. And then one day my neighbor came out and he said, hey. I've been watching this now, and I needed to do something. This is the early days of the Internet. <clears throat> this was before Google, and he researched. He, he handed me three or four pages he'd printed. He said, here, read this. I said, oh, yeah. what is it? He said, it's called, it's called How to Ride a Unicycle. <laughs> <laughs> and he had printed an article, and all it was was, and I, and I quickly scanned it, because I'd been falling every night for a month, and I would sort of balance myself in between the two cars in my driveway then I'd let go and there was a bit of a, an incline and I would go down the incline I'd pedal three times and I would fall and, and my daughters got their friends to come over and, and watch daddy scab it up anyway he hands me this paper and the, I quickly look at a couple things and the first thing that I that stood out to me was you have to lean forward and I was like oh I didn't get that most people get on a a, a single wheel <laughs> and they try you most people and i was it's what i was doing i was trying to balance on on it like you balance a bike mm-hmm. but your center of gravity is different so as soon as i read the part that said lean forward and what it is is the pedaling is what makes you is what balances you right mm. So but that's um, against your uh, natural. Well, no, it, it does. It feels completely counterintuitive to sort of lean yeah. forward because you think you're going to fall over. But as you're falling over the pedaling. Yes, that's right. In my high school yearbook, it said most likely to learn to ride a unicycle. <laughs> anyway, so I did it. 
And I quickly could learn. I learned it and very quickly could start writing it down the street. And the novelty of me falling wore off and the kids dissipated. Mm. So did you ever learn how to juggle and uh, do it at the same time? Because I, I know you, I did you know. know how to juggle. Too. I do know how to juggle. But can you juggle? Well, I should, you, you know, juggle? I really should have been in Cirque du Soleil when I think about it. <laughs> Brian Cannon. <laughs> Talent going to waste. That's right. I should have started my own. Hebe du Soleil. All right. Uh, Dan, join us. Uh, Dan's uh, going to be back in a while with the news. we got a lot of stuff to get through, so let's get through it. Uh, all right, Fred. Let's uh, start by uh, acknowledging some very nice people. You know, that yes, like the uh, Chambers of Commerce Group Insurance Plan, Canada's number one group benefits plan for small business. Yeah, Chambers Plan is Canada's leading group benefit plan for, when we say small business, anything from one to, say, 50, 100 employees. I mean, anywhere in there, you know. Uh, a lot of small business don't think things like this are possible. They are possible. It's po- Hey, Humble and Fred has three employees, and we have the Chambers of Commerce Group Insurance Plan. It works wonderf- wonderfully for us. It really has come in handy uh, for travel and for prescriptions and <clears throat> uh, certain therapies. And, uh, yeah. It's a top drawer, as they say. Go to chamberplan.ca today and get a free quote. Take some time, read the testimonials, see how it's worked for other small businesses. Enjoyed by 30,000 Canadian businesses. They've been around for 40 freaking years, man. So this thing works. It'll work for you, chamberplan.ca. I did not have a very good night's sleep last night. I was telling you that just before I was falling asleep and I I got this. I, I actually went to turn over. And cuddle my boy Stan, the Boston Terrier, because every once in a while when I, I turn the light off, he'll come up and, and actually snuggle in my arms. And I went to sort of snuggle him back, and then I got this, just the act of snuggling gave me a cramp in my thigh that lasted 20 fucking minutes. It was brutal. If you're like a lot of people and sleep isn't coming easy, we recommend Hush! The best-selling weighted blankets from Hush. And, of course, they do mattresses as well. They even have their iced technology. Keeps you cool all night long. And their iced weighted blankets and their mattresses, if you're looking to improve your nightly rest naturally, Hush is the answer. Yes, it is. They have a 100-night guarantee on all their products. I don't even know how you do it, but they're doing it. If you're not 100% sold, try it for 100 nights. And if you don't like it, they, they'll say, hey, send it back. No hassle, no problem. Go to HushBlankets.com. Put in the promo code H-U-M-B-L-E. 10% off at HushBlankets.com. HushBlankets.com with the 100-night guarantee. Um, uh, we uh, asked for it, and uh, well, we got we got it, Fred. We got a lot of people uh, emailing us. We said, "Listen, Thursdays we're going to take some time and go through some of the responses to the show." And uh, today yes. is that day, so let's get to it. We have a lot of stuff too. A lot of business. Uh, you can. Um, why don't we start at your leisure? All right, I'm going to go right to the top. Jeff and Julie moved to France. Yeah, man. All right. 
Uh, this is from Ray. Hi, guys. Can you pass the message on to Jeff and Julie and let them know we really enjoy their podcast? Each time we drive up north to the cottage, my wife asked me to uh, what podcast we can listen to. My first reply is your show and the great guests you have. But on occasion, the farts kick in and that's when I lose her. Uh, don't get me wrong. I, I love the fart humor. Uh, at that point, I switch over to Jeff and Julie and all is a little better. I just started listening to you guys, Humble and Fred, for the past three years or so and haven't missed a show yet. Wow. Isn't that funny? Still, we're still losing some people with the perceived fart humor. Mm-hmm. Listen, we do other humor, too. You know, we have dick jokes and uh, well, that's about it. Yeah, just farts and dicks. Hi, guys. <laughs> oh, we've moved, Hi guys. In. No, no, we've Hi moved guys. into some anal, you know, with the butt plugs. And the- <laughs> oh, that's right. <laughs> you know, you're getting it. It's more full service here. Farts, dick jokes, and butt plugs. You know, whatever you like. Hi oh, guys. yeah. Come on. We're expanding. <laughs> that's Hi right. We've, we've opened up. Hi, guys, says Patrick Dean. I know Howard. Can sell ice to an Inuit. I don't know. Can you even say that anymore? <clears throat> but in Probably case, not. I don't think so. Patrick goes on to say, in case your prospective clients need a nudge on the power of podcast advertising, I thought you might find this article from HBR interesting. And uh, it is interesting. I won't go into the article, but Patrick says, you know, that the article talks about a return to traditional advertising channels. And it includes a shout-out to podcasts, including this nugget. And I think this applies especially to us. And he quotes the article by saying, Podcast ads are effective because listeners trust their podcast hosts and are genuinely influenced by their endorsements. In fact, Edison Research's Super Listeners 2020 study found that 45% of podcast listeners believe the host of their favorite podcast actually use the brands mentioned on their show. Mm. Enjoy the read. Hope you're well. All the best, says Pat. And I can tell you, first of all, we appreciate that. But uh, coming Monday, we have a new client. And uh, it came about because I'm actually a client of theirs and I've been excited all week to tell everyone about my uh, my purchase of a massage chair. That's right. Foreshadowing. Hi, guys. Anyway, Hi thanks. Guys. Uh, and uh, we will then move on. Frederick. Uh, this is from Christine Comeround. Hi, guys. Have loved you since the CFNY days. My favorite humble line from the other day was, if I could cock my eyebrow, I'd never leave the house. <laughs> okay, thank you. <laughs> anyway, uh, Howard was talking about the Ozark opening symbols on Monday's show. Did you guys know that the symbols are actually the uh, Z-A-R-K letters? Uh, no, you didn't. No one does. But here's uh, Jason Bateman explaining uh, the recent, on a recent clip from Jimmy Fallon. And I listened to that as well, and he explained what it was all about. So, so the mm-hmm. the symbol is an O for Ozark. So it's a circle, and then the four symbols inside are symbols that spell Zark, which right. I didn't know until. Thank you, Christine. I did not know that. And they try to make each symbol something from that episode, from the episode, and, and twist it into a letter. Well, as I said to you when I brought it up, 
sometimes, you know, I've had to pause it. Right. To try and figure out what they are. But if I don't pause it, as soon as they go by, I immediately forget what they were. And it's funny because that came and went and I never, ever really paid any attention to it. And then after this, I watched whatever, whatever episode. And believe me, I haven't been inclined to go back. I just wasn't working for me. Yeah, I, I hear you, man. I was going to ask but you about I, that. Did you? Okay, go ahead. No, finish. No, no you didn't. Then, then, then I, same thing. I paused right at this uh, specific point and I looked at the at the symbols and I thought, oh. Oh, that's what they're talking about. That's what Howard was talking about. That's what that woman uh, responded to. Uh, but no, as far as getting back to watching the rest of it, no. You know, I, you know why I did? Well, first of all, I think it got better. Like the first episode of the first seven of the last season, if you're still with me, it's uh, season four, the first seven, seven episodes, the one that you're talking about. I, I almost never went back. It got a little bit better and, and it got really good at the end of part one of the final season. The only reason I went back again is because it did have a, a cool couple little twists and such. But then when I went back, I, the last seven episodes, and I was talking about this with somebody yesterday, that uh-huh. I think I stayed with it because I like Jason Bateman. And uh-huh. I just kind of wanted to see how it ended. Yeah, and I'm going to. I mean, you don't invest all that. But I, I mean, I will when I get the... It's just I'm not going out of my way. And you know, when you... When you're watching something and it's like you're trying to find an excuse to get back in front of the television to see it through. I nowhere, no part of me is in that situation. And I couldn't agree with you more. Hi, guys. Uh, The next one is from Eileen Sarah. And um, let me just summarize it because Eileen, as you know, uh, Humble and Fred are not, you know, there's a lot of words and paragraphs. She says, hi, guys, two weeks in a row, your best show has been on Thursdays. And this is in reference to last Thursday in particular. Yesterday's show was your best show in a while. I know you don't like covering politics, especially American. Well, we do. But it really provides some of your best conversations. She goes on to talk about some of the things we talked about. And uh, wraps it up, says, I know you like to have positive shows, but my compliment to you is that your discussions about politics are very stimulating, even better than with uh, even better than with Noel Kassler. There's a reason why Edge and Mojo listeners were driven to your shows to hear you talk honestly about what's on your mind, even if it's politics that makes us all sad and angry. Sincerely, Eileen. Hi, guys. Uh, Thanks, Eileen. Thank you, Eileen. This is from Mark Van Nykerk. Hi, guys. Hi, guys. Hi, guys. Uh, Reference to Tony Clement's last visit. Too bad you didn't ask Tony about the fact that Pierre Poliev and his wife are among the people profiting off the super high home prices and are very much contributing to the unaffordability of the market. Of course, Tony said part of the uh, freedom... uh, uh, strategy with uh, Poliev is, you know, freedom to buy a house, freedom. Yeah. And again, we can talk about that later. Yeah, anyway, yeah. it attaches a global news uh, uh, article which addresses this thing about Poliev. I can't because I just simply, I don't know if you can, Howard, I can't address whether Poliev is part yeah, of the know. problem for the price of housing. But uh, Pierre Poliev is a career politician, as is Tony, says this guy who has never had a real job and yet claims to be for the people. I agree that the Prime Minister has been trying to fragment with some rather divisive comments, but the Conservative Party has been doing the same, and I don't like it from either side. Ha, hear, hear. 
Uh, Tony has hitched his wagon to the guy he thinks will win and will say whatever is convenient to support him. Kudos for Tony for coming on the show. Too bad he is a full-on convert who is towing the line. Uh, Good luck with getting any of the truth. Thank you very much. Uh, I don't know. When do you want to pop in here and have a little quick discussion about what we discussed before the show? Well, yeah, they had the first official debate last night, and Poliev was on the uh, on the uh, on the stage, and they, you know he's still stuck on that freedom thing. And you know, uh, sorry, it, it doesn't fool me. Freedom is a uh, dog whistle to Canada's deplorables. That's how you reach them, and that's the word you use, along with immigration. And I'm not going to change. And again, I've said it a million times in the past week, like Tony, appreciate what Tony, and you know, I can't, that's, you know, that's his spin on it. Don't buy it. Uh, and again, we'll talk about something that took place in Flor- in uh, Peterborough, rather. Well, I'm just going to say, do you want to do that? I've yeah. got it queued up. I mean, okay. it, like, I don't, have, uh, I don't have much invested in this. And why I said to Tony the other day, mm-hmm. when I said, listen, man, I don't know much about this Pierre Poliev guy. You know, I, I know what you tell me. I know what I've seen a little bit. You know, I said to you many, many times, maybe not a million, but I said, you know, mm-hmm. this whole, those people who went to Ottawa, when they see what's going on in Ukraine, they should be ashamed mm-hmm. of themselves to even use the right. word freedom. Yes. But I, I was sincere and I meant what I said about Tony. Like, I know you're a politician, but I, I feel like if he if he has some investment in this guy... Tony's not a uh, he's not a dog whistler, so I feel like maybe there's something to it. But I, as I said to you before we started, like I don't I'm not ready to vote for the guy. No, no, and I mean it's a tough situation to be in. But yeah, and I just look at it from just grassroots. You want me to support a guy who's using freedom as a hook in Canada, one of the most, the freest countries in the world. I mean, seriously, you on any level, you're going to pretend that we're not free or we deserve to have more freedoms and can't really explain other than that flimsy, you know, freedom to buy a house nonsense. No, I'm, the, the word freedom just does not belong there. So I know why you're using it. That's my perspective. Well, uh, listen, I'm, I said I told you mm-hmm. that th- yeah, that the word is a dog whistle mm-hmm. in, in, in so many ways. I just want to listen. And I, I don't I'm not a Jagmeet Singh guy either, except mm-hmm. what no, 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 I was going to say, except for the fact that nobody in politics in this country, whether it's Polyev or Jagmeet Trudeau or Charade or anyone. Um, should be subject to the kind of vitriol and and nonsense that was hurled at this very nice man. I'm sure Jagmeet Singh means well, but at a stop in Peterborough, was subject to some really un-Canadian kind of you know behavior. What did you want to jump in with? Go ahead. No, no, no. That's what I was saying. I was just I didn't want to keep moving on before talking about what happened in Peterborough. Well, and, uh, give us some perspective as you were telling well, me. No, I, was I, mean, I meant about Peterborough in general because you were, you were telling me before the show too that you it's not it, it didn't surprise no, 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 you. Yeah. yeah, when I worked there ten years ago, it was it not the people I worked with to be and I'll be honest, but just out and about in bars and meeting average citizens, I heard some pretty shocking things. You know, about Toronto and about immigrants and about brown people. I did. And it was like, wow, it's not that far away. 
But anyway, in this may not even be attached to that, but Jagmeet Singh is there the other day endorsing the NDP provincial uh, candidate. Don't know the name off the top of my head. But then when he leaves that person's office, you know, the usual suspects there's there. I don't know, 10, 20 assholes. And, of course, prominent, they're wearing T-shirts that have the word freedom on it. Freedom through unity is their slogan. Yeah, isn't that beautiful? Oh, yeah, freedom that's awesome. Freedom through unity, through unity. And then this man walks out onto the street, and they're telling him he's a piece of shit. They wish he would die. Yeah, he that's wish he would die. That's unity. <laughs> Fuck. Singh tells reporters in Ottawa Wednesday it would rank among the worst experiences of his career. Mm-hmm. And you see, Tony, if you're listening, which he often does, or anybody else that cares to, you know, again, hear this, our perspective, that's why I have no use for Poliev and the freedom thing, because that's who he's talking to, because the first thing they'll put on a T-shirt or the side of their fucking car is the word freedom. Jagme says, uh, I don't think this is what we want our politics to devolve into. And, and by the way, you can say, yeah, but the P- NDP or the liberals or the PCs, it doesn't even matter. We're just talking about human mm-hmm. beings. And it's it's when a, when a man wearing a turban, which I happen to think is cool that we have a politician. I do. I just think, ah, you know, this is what a great country. We have everybody. Everyone is represented. So I don't care about NDP politics. And you can say, yeah, but they've done this and that. But nobody deserves to, to have the kind of aggression and violence that was subjected, that this man has subjected himself to. Here's a little audio of what we're talking about, and listen to him carefully. You'll hear the freedom through unity people. First, you hear the guy yelling, freedom. You piece of shit, go fuck yourself. That's the freedom people. You don't give a shit about freedom-loving Canadians. No, he doesn't. Oh, oh wait. <laughs> now, this is the other thing they say. You're a traitor. This is all mm-hmm. stuff they heard on Fox News. You know that, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. This is the Canadian faux fox. That's what they should be calling themselves. So... Oh, Freedom Convoy he brings up there at the end. That's cool. So this is why, um, you know, if Pierre Polyev, as I sit here right now, they make him the leader of the party, I will not be voting conservative. I don't want to be part of that club because that's the club. That's what we're dealing with. That's how you reach the people. I bet you half of those assholes have never voted before. And now they're being drawn into this through the freedom thing and through, you know, this subtle racism and taking Canada back for the white man. They'll come out and vote now. Yeah. And that's how you reach them with these simpleton catchphrases. Because you know what it is? It's freedom. It's freedom from others is what it is. It's freedom Mm -hmm. from other people that aren't like us. Because when you call a, and, and, and I think my point about, listen, whether it's Jagmeet or anyone else you want to name, mm-hmm. 
they're just people like we are. They, Jagmeet's got a wife and a kid. He, he didn't sign up for this. This is not. No. This is not what politicians are really there to be subject to. It's not like calling a fucking helpline. No, <laughs> you know, I, I wouldn't vote NDP, uh, Howard, if it was the. Believe me. When well, it comes would to you vote for him politics. before Pierre Polyev? No, I would probably vote Green or something. Honestly, I wouldn't vote NDP, and I am not going to vote for Justin Trudeau. But there's other options. You know, I can do what they do in Quebec. Whenever you're mad at the bloc, you just vote for the NDP. Well, I can do that. If I'm mad at the Conservatives, I'll vote for the Green Party. I'll cast my ballot, you know, exercise my franchise. Yes. But that will be my protest. But as Patrick Brown, mayor of Brampton, said, Brampton man, who's up for the leadership, you know, he made a good point last night. He said, "Okay, that's great. This Poliev guy. Yeah, thousands of people coming to us. But is this who we want to elect as a leader? A guy who is virtually unelectable in Ontario, because I'll tell you, that will be the situation. I don't think there's enough of the deplorables in eastern Canada to put this guy over the top. I just don't think there is. Yeah, that's what they said about Trump. And we and we all said that about Trump. So you know what at the old phrase. Let's move on to a couple other emails. But I was going to say, you know, the what, what that I'm not sure if it was PT Barn, but never underestimate, never underestimate people and their ability to be incredibly stupid and right. gullible. And remember, you get the politics, you get the politicians that you deserve. Right. And maybe I'm being naive here, but I just think because of uh, yes, in the United States, it got Trump elected. I just seem to have a little more faith in my country that that, that couldn't happen here. But hey, who who knows Hi now? Guys. Exactly, you see stuff like that. Well, yeah, you never thought you were going to see what happened in January uh, in the states, and you never thought you'd see what was going to happen here in Canada. So, uh, go ahead. Why don't you take the next turn here? Okay, I'm sorry. I just I'll, I'll do it because I've got it in front of me. Okay. Uh, this ahead. is, I, I wanted to just, I've actually sent this, I, and I, I really should send mm-hmm. it to all our clients, but I, I included this in our emails, I, I, you know, just to blow our own horns a little bit. If you think cock my eyebrow was, if I could blow my own horn, I'd never leave my bedroom. Um, so this came from an agency that we work with in the States. And just said, good afternoon. I just wanted to reach out today to spotlight some shows who went above and beyond with their spots last month. The following spots were scored extremely high by our audio insights team during our internal evaluation process. This show did an excellent job making their reads fun and engaging for their audiences. And we really appreciate their efforts. I'm sorry. We really appreciate the effort their team put in to making their ads as effective as possible. And that comes to us from our the agency that represents us for Ritual, which is a vitamin company, and for Noom, which, as you all know, is a psychology-based weight loss program. So I just thought that was nice for people to hear that uh, we're getting some good feedback from our business partners and people that we work with. On the new, <clears throat> you know, my um, uh, our buddy Darren is quite the nutritionist, um, and I was a little concerned. A couple of days I was off. I didn't log for like a day and a half. We were busy and everything, and I didn't get around to it. And then I was concerned about maybe what we had eaten and what I had um, had to drink. And um, 
he made the point, you know, sometimes, because I told him, too, I had plateaued a bit, and he said, sometimes you need a jolt like that. You need to, like, overindulge, and then your body can re, re sort of, um, what's yeah. it, you know, calibrate. Sure, and can. your weight loss will start again. And it's funny, I came home, I was up about eight-tenths of a pound. <gasps> Since the two days I've been home, I've, I've lost it and more. Plummeted. What yeah. did you think of that email, though? Noom psychology. No, I think that's fantastic. Well, I, the reason I wanted to comment on it is just that it's we've been doing this for 11 years, and uh, we got that client completely mm-hmm. unsolicited, and it was mm-hmm. the first time that ever happened to us, where somebody yes. from America just using... You know, uh, a content aggregator or somebody that uh, a company mm-hmm. that goes around and finds podcasts on our own. Nobody, those people had no mm-hmm. idea who we were. Mm-hmm. And, and I remember when we got that, I said to you, "That's pretty cool." That after all these years, we just became somebody on, you know, somebody's radar based on some metrics they're using. And I, I just mm-hmm. thought that was kind of cool for us. And it goes back to the earlier uh, email you read. About, uh, you know, the metrics and how podcasting works. Right. And, um, yes. The thing, and the thing is, it was our buy-in to Noom. I mean, just even the little story I told, that's a genuine story that of interest for me and to you because we're actually use the product. And that comes through in our, in our um, presentation of it. And it's funny because I was telling somebody about the program the other day and I said, you know, Fred and I started it. To be honest, we started it because I said to you, well, one of us should try this out so we're at least comfortable talking about it. And then it it worked so well for us, which is the truth, that we that by sharing it honestly, plus the other thing I think they like about us is that, uh, you know, we have no restriction on how long we'll do the read for. I know everyone knows this, but we've done some live reads for them that have basically turned into bits. And by the way, I didn't want to not acknowledge it. I'm happy that you're you're losing the weight again. I can, I can tell you, I've on I came back from California on uh, March fourth or fifth, and I've weighed the same basically since then, which is another great endorsement for the program because my weight hasn't really fluctuated. It goes up or down a pound and a half depending on what time of the day, etc. But that's one of my I wanted to mention that. I don't know that I've maintained this a weight for this long just by just sort of continuing to do it. I continue to log every meal. I weigh myself every day. That's it. Well, it just makes you so mindful of what you're eating. It makes you accountable. Um, All right, we can move on. Hi, guys. guys. Next one up is Scott Hume. It is? I've got Mike Hannafin. Oh, no, I'm sorry. Yeah, I'm sorry, Howard. Yeah. I scrolled down hey, too quick. My, you know what? I have this mouth. You never want to use a mouth. <laughs> mouth um, Scott Hume, I'm sorry. Yeah, uh, Hi, guys. Howard, you mentioned that you used to get together with Dan, get high, and watch Star Trek. We used to uh, jam the TV room at university residence to watch it every day around 5 o'clock or 5.30. Can't remember exactly. Long time ago. Uh, Crave has just put out a new version, Star Trek Strange New Worlds. Only one episode is out so far. I really enjoyed it. Uh, got all tingly. Mm. It's got a great throwback feel to it. Maybe you and Dan can grab some weed and relive uh, relive the old days. Still loving your shows from uh, Scott H.S. Yes. Mm. Uh, yeah. He lives in uh, Caledon. Aren't you? Uh, you're Hi near guys. Caledon, aren't you? Look at it. Uh, this one's from Mike Hannafin. Hey, gents. Well done as usual on your questioning of Tony Clement about PP. Uh, we've talked about this already. Respectful to Tony. But glad you also called out some of the nonsense. 
Tony does sound like he's drinking the Kool-Aid for PP, and it's kind of sad. He just glosses over the support for the convoy and repeats his defense of the non-defensible with a little revisionist history thrown in. Bottom line is something... Bottom line, is someone that far right of center capable of winning a federal election? We've already talked about this. And can he beat mm-hmm. Christy uh, Friedland in the next election? Because that's who he'll be facing. It's not, is it, it's Christian. No, what's her name? Christ, Christian? Sort of. I don't know. Something like that. Anyway, Christy Freeland. They usually just call her Christy, don't they, Christy? Uh, okay, so I, I th- oh, maybe it's Christina, because he's misspelled yeah. it here. Because uh, he thinks that's who he'll be facing. Anyway, well done. Thank Hi, you. Guys. Thank Hi, you, guys. Mike. Hi, guys. Uh, the next one is Chirwadi. Uh, um, yeah, Passover. I, I double. Yes. Okay, go ahead. And um, again, this is a long one, and it's reference to the Peterborough incident. But he said, uh, my daughter attend- attending Trent. And uh, she's one who admires Jagmeet Singh. And he says, don't ask me why. She just does. Anyway, she forwarded him a link expressing her utter frustration with the conduct and behavior of a few, um, you know, uh, when he was leaving Peterborough. Another dark cloud over her adopted community, again, being Peterborough. Uh, And he asked us to share the embedded TikTok uh, video, which Howard played. And he says, I've listened uh, to your impassioned, uh, you know, talk about uh, Pierre Polyev and the upstart new blue party uh, now appearing in the provincial election. I respect Tony Clement's efforts to clarify Mr. P's position, uh, what they mean about freedom. I, like you, believe that the subtlety of Mr. Polyev's message is lost on people such as Mr. Sheard and his associates. Uh, they appear to know nothing but hate. Uh, Sheard is one of the guys that was part of that uh, screaming, rolling, yeah. Yeah. rolling thunder. Yes asshole thing that took place not long ago anyway he goes on to say what a shame that it's come to this basically yeah and you know years ago i i was sort of friendly with a guy that used to be famous in toronto locally a guy named uh, al paladini and Mm -hmm. uh, he was a very well-known car salesman and a real character in toronto and a pillar of his community and you know vaughn and i remember I, i could never figure out and we've had the same conversation about uh, John Tory. Like, I remember talking to Al Pell. What, what do you need to go into politics for? Mm-hmm. He had all the money he could ever need. He had all the freedom, freedom. And uh, his, his intention was just to kind of maybe give back to his community. Mm-hmm. I know that politicians are all, you know, they all have some grasp for power, but... Mm-hmm. Like he, like Jagmeet and, and these other people, they're, that's not what they don't deserve. This it used to be politics. Used to be like talking hockey with people. I mm-hmm. like the Bruins. You like the Leafs. We could argue, but we could still be friends. But we can't mm-hmm. do that anymore. Mm-hmm. And again, it just it just the depth of damage that that Donald Trump brought not to the United States, the world, because yeah. this is fallout. What we're seeing is fallout. It yeah. is. It's that whole mimicking, that copycat shit. It, it just is. And to, to pretend it isn't is you're just you're lost, man, because that's what we're looking at. It sucks. It really does. Yeah, what it's done, I think, and, I, and I've referenced it a couple times, ever since he came down on the escalator, it, what, what mm-hmm. would be allowable has been moved so far because... There used mm-hmm. to be sort of a unspoken politeness, 
you know, even to the point where, you know, the, the whole trans, the peaceful transfer of power, he fucked that. Mm-hmm. And listen, Mike Harris, for better or worse, no matter what you think, and Stephen Harper brought change to politics in this country through politics. Again, you could take it or leave it, maybe not like the tactics or, you know, the general um, feel of it, which is great because that's normal. We don't need to drift off this way when yeah. it comes to conservatism. We just don't. Like, there's no place for it. There's, you know, anybody with any degree of decency doesn't want to buy into it. Like the common sense revolution. And then again, Stephen Harper with the way he did it. Yeah, it was a bit shocking at the time, but it was still within the polit- political realm. And, and I guess what I was looking for, I just thought of the phrase, you know, the term, the term is rules of engagement. The rules of engagement used to there used to be an accepted rule of engagement in politics and in our society. Uh What what Jagmeet Singh was subjected to is beyond the rules of engagement. I mean, yelling you're a piece of shit and a traitor and the convoy and all that stuff. You know, you might disagree with the NDP and you may have thought Uh back in the day when you and I early days, Bob Ray and Ray days and we didn't like the NDP, but we didn't hate Bob Ray. You know, Bob Ray came on our show. You didn't like Dalton McGinty, but you didn't. You wouldn't have shown up and yelled at him and talked about his kids and his wife. No. It, it, you, you, you cannot like a, a guy's politics or Kathleen Wynne. But you know, I saw mm-hmm. Kathleen Wynne in a coffee shop, and I said hello, Premier Wynne. I wasn't a dick to her, even though I didn't agree with her mm-hmm. policies. There was sort of an accepted, polite political discourse, and that's what fucking Donald Trump wrecked. Yes, he did. And, you know, every four years you get to make a decision or cast your vote. And, you know, the true meaning of democracy is at the at the end of the election, there's a winner. And, you know, yeah, you support them or you don't support them. But again, when we lose decency, that's what scares me through all of this. You know, politics is one thing. Decency is another. If we're going to lose our decency through this. And that and those people are just indecent. And again, the hypocrisy of doing that to Jagmeet Singh while wearing a t shirt that says yeah, Freedom through unity. Yeah, bringing how everyone stupid together. are you? Yeah, we're like, not bringing honestly, everyone together. How stu- like I want to be part of that? Well, you said it this level? you use the word decency. That's what I mean when I say there was sort of an accepted rule of engagement. Yes. There was an accepted mm-hmm. and you think about it, and again, I know you know I've read some books on Donald Trump, but in, in one of the many books I read, I, I, I'm, I'm sorry, not one of them, all of them have one thread through them, which is he is mentally deficient mm-hmm. and, and, a, and a psychopathic narcissist. And here's why I know that, because he didn't accept the, the rules of engagement. You lost the election, but not mm-hmm. him. He mm-hmm. didn't lose an election. First time in that country's history where, a, a, maybe I'm wrong, but a sitting president didn't congratulate the incumbent, didn't go to the, like, mm-hmm. it's just, but but it's now accepted that that's okay. Mm-hmm. And, and I'll tell you, I don't sound like an old guy, but that was never the way it was, you know, all through no. our lives. And again, you and I have had access to a lot of politicians. And we've had good conversations with all those people I mentioned. You know, you might have liked him. Not everyone liked Mike Harris, but he was a decent guest on our show. 
Not everyone liked Dalton McGinty. You didn't, but he was a great guest on our show. No, but and all their moves were political moves. Yes. Issues and finance and, you know, some lying along the way. I mean, we've we've grown to accept the, the mistruths um, through politics sure. long ago. And, I mean, that's part of it. This is different. But, it, but uh, again, with uh, Pierre Poliev, I mean, uh, from my perspective, he better drop the the freedom thing it's bullshit and number two we didn't ask tony either you know because it's a hot button issue right now uh where is where is he on abortion because i know there's some religious attachment to this guy too like where's that at you know with him well declare where you are on that subject i was going to say that's never going to happen here but you know after our discussion you you never know what's Mm -hmm. never going to happen because that all those rules have changed we've got a couple more people to get through uh let's get uh going here i think you read the last one this is from carl barrett hi guys just caught up on the tony episode as you can tell everyone has uh Really enjoyed that and had a lot to say about it. We appreciate it. I agree. If Tony sees something, there must be something there. That's what I my point. The freedom stuff is annoying because what he describes after that word makes complete sense. As in as someone in the real estate biz, that's Carl. He's bang on. The one thing I would say is the freedom idiots that show up at his rally sure as hell won't be buying memberships so they can vote for leader. That's a good thing. Cheers, Carl. Uh, thank you, Carl. Hi, guys. Hi, guys. All right, let's uh, wrap it up here with uh, one last uh, one. Naked Golf. This is Rob Fitchett. Rod. Rod Fitchett, I'm sorry. Uh, hi, guys. I'm uh, usually a day or so behind the podcast, or, uh, so forgive me if this was brought up in today's show, my May 10th show, uh, the May 10th show, how did Humble miss the opportunity to bring up Dan's massive three-wood <laughs> when you were talking about Naku Golf? I was laughing my ass off and just waiting for it. <laughs> Great show, though. Loving you, Rod uh, Fichette. Uh, I really, it really makes sense if you just don't think about that's it. That's his signature. Right? That's, no, that's all his all. signature. Okay. I, I, you know, right. tell you the truth, I thought I did say that. I thought I did mention that Dan... I thought I'm, I'm, I, maybe I mentioned it in my own head, but I thought I had mentioned that Dan had a giant three wood or something. Oh, like. I'm sure you did. No. Well, well, just having a butt plug in. <laughs> Dan's got such a big dick, he can put a butt plug in his pee hole. How's that? There you go. There you go. There's that's today's. That's, that's a big pee hole. <laughs> Uh, we've got to uh, take care of some of our business. Uh, for instance, you're going to tell us now about these lovely, lovely people, Frederick. Uh, yeah, Bodog. Ladies yeah, Bodog. and gentlemen. Um, the line has moved here. The uh, Yeah, what Tampa is it Bay. for tonight? The Tampa Bay Lightning, minus 135. So really it's increased uh, significantly. Yeah, and yesterday, the, uh, to bet the Leafs was even money for... Uh, pivotal game six, but now it's uh, plus one fifteen for your leafers. The over and under is uh, six point five. Hold, so hold on a second, because you know I don't really get this. So are the Leafs favorite? No. So they're Tampa minus one fifteen. You, you got to bet one hundred and thirty five to win to win a hundred on on Tampa. On bet. Tampa, okay. Mm-hmm. So they're favorite, right? All right, very good. Uh, whether you're a sports better, a horse racing fan, a poker casino player, Bodog, your number one source of online gambling entertainment. 
Yeah, from their industry-leading odds, world-class sportsbook, and feature-rich poker room to their fully loaded casino and race book, they have been providing Canadian players with an unparalleled gaming experience since the year 1994. That's Bodog. And as you know, one of our uh, longtime supporters is Gig Sky. The Gig Sky guest of the day was our audience, Humble and Fred at humbleandfredradio.com. That's how you get on the show next Thursday. Gig Sky offers a 100% data plan, whether you're using any of your you know, social medias, your maps, you're trying to get an Uber somewhere in a foreign country far away. Gig Sky's what you need, and we got it for you. Go to gigsky.com right now and put in the promo code HUMBLE. No, not HUMBLE. HF2022 for $5 off your first plan. I don't know why I said humble. I'm literally looking at the promo code HF2022. Get you $5 off your first plan. And it can be uh, so uh, rewarding for you if you use Gig Sky Travel Rewards. They offer 50% cash back in over 850,000 hotels globally. Visit gigsky.com slash travel rewards and find out more. Well, we've only got a few minutes left in the week, so maybe we can leave some of the serious politics behind and uh, maybe talk about some of the, you know, lighter things, maybe some nonsense. I, I hinted that I'm, I'm pretty excited about, you know, I've been wanting this massage chair for some time, and Monday I'll tell the story about how it just was one of those things I never thought I could afford, and then I found a company... And uh, and it was uh, very affordable, and uh, you know, like it's like some guys have, I don't know, some a buddy of mine who has a massage chair was. We were sort of comparing it to like, you know, if you always wanted a hot tub, right? You know, you go out and get it, something you've always wanted, and and this is something that I've Dan's experienced it already, the massage chair <laughs> magic. It's, it's something, something else, else. you know, it's something yeah. else, yeah. And uh, the company I got it from is a company called Relax Care, and you're going to hear more about them on Monday. Okay. A couple quick things. Did you guys hear uh, James Corden is retiring? Fred, did you hear that? Yes. Thoughts, comments, concerns? Uh, really doesn't change my life much. I don't watch. Uh, really, the only time I've ever seen anything from that show is uh, Carpool Karaoke. Yeah, same which, as me. It was great. Yep. But again, how much <clears throat> further can you go with something like that? So I've never seen... I was going to say the same thing. I like James Corden. He seems like a, uh-huh. an affable fellow. He's always yep. quite funny. But I've never seen an episode of his show. I've seen some of those carpool things. They get billions of views. I mean, theoretically, he could continue doing that, couldn't he? You know, I heard uh, Stern talking about it. That's I meant to mention it to you a couple of weeks ago. But Stern's kind of like, you know, retiring to do what? Like, it's a, it's a great little gig you got there. Like, I don't know. It seemed like, I know it's easy for us to say that, but it seems like a nice gig. Why not just keep doing it? Well, what I read, he sort of wants to go back to Britain and be around family more often. And he's got some other projects he wants to work on. And, uh, you know, that show has opened a lot of doors for him. Who knows? He could do Netflix stuff or Amazon, you know. I mean, yeah, I guess. He's a pretty yeah. talented guy, he's though. Got, yeah, he's got the profile. He wants to do something else. Plus, they're doing that for a bunch of years. It is a bit mm-hmm. of a grind, a daily grind, because you have to do it every day. How long did you uh, work on? Like, you did a daily talk. You were uh, the announcer on a daily talk show for right. how many well, years? 
co-host kind of i for oh i'm sorry years. i'm sorry i apologize uh, i well, didn't realize you had been well, there upgraded was two. there to, was deanie petty and dean no no yeah, but deanie petty how long were you co-hosting the deanie petty show is that what it says on your resume <laughs> yeah okay it wasn't the announcer i, was uh, like I don't the know first five minutes of the show i was it was uh, i was in charge of the content really no i'm sure you were kind of fun what what do you mean you were in charge of the content the first five uh, minutes yeah Oh, cool. it's like when I came in there, whatever I did was uh, was basically came for me because there was a conversation between me and her. And then right, sometimes right. I would stay longer in the show for a segment that sort of made sense that I was a part of. So, yeah. How um, many years did you have to do? Five, years. five, five years. years. That's wow. That was nice run. That yeah. was a nice little run. Now, you were doing that at the same time you were doing E now as well. And partially I was doing the for a bit of that. I was doing the morning show, too, with you guys. So those were the Dandoran rolling years, weren't they? Those are the rolling years. That was rolling yeah, in sure. the that yeah. was rolling in the deep right there, my friend. Yeah, right there. That's how that's yeah. what I should peak say years, on your Yes, those are your there, peak yeah. ones. No wonder you've taken early retirement. You're exhausted. <laughs> But back funny. to James Corden and him retire from that show. I mean, you know, he's he's uh, you know multi talented. He's one of the oh yeah, he's super talented guys, and probably he's you know whatever the London theater scene get involved in that, or back to New York and Broadway, yeah, yeah. whatever he wants to do. I know, but he is one of the guys that uh, that at, at the point in the Late Show uh, experience brought more social media in. Yes, right absolutely. with his carpool karaoke and then encouraging views on that uh, than you know extended to the other shows as well because now you can yeah. see you know Seth Myers and yeah, you can all see of that all of their, it, the stand-ups in the in the YouTube world now this is what um, I find amusing you know because that Greg Gutfeld unfunny asshole on Fox yeah that's what it's called the unfunny asshole show actually anyway he does um, that show at 1130 and it gets good ratings and it's you know so they're apparently better than most of the evening talk shows but what you just described it's it's a tough position to be in it's almost like cannibalism eating yourself where you perform the show at 11:30 at night and then you throw out all the segments on on social media and then it really gets in people's brains that they don't necessarily yeah. have to watch the show to enjoy the show so of course that's going to affect the ratings of course at fox they they, they still really haven't caught on to those concepts yet either because you know, it's the seventy-plus crowd that they're titillating. Um, so it, it's a weird situation to be in, isn't it? Really, when you think about it, because well, of, anything that was great last night on Jimmy Kimmel, I can see in the next five minutes. Yeah, yeah but you I, won't watch Jimmy Kimmel anymore. Well, that's what well, I'm saying. I mean, you that's won't watch point. any show in that. You, not because of that, but you just won't bother. No, well, no first yeah. of all, no. What comes first is no one's watching those shows, anyways, and that's why right. they had to yes. start piecing their segments on social oh, okay. media. Mm-hmm. They, they and, but you're also right, saying it's like it's kind of weird. It would be like us doing a radio show saying, well, all, we're, all you have to do is listen to the highlights. You don't need to be there for mm-hmm. the appointment. It's one of the reasons that, you know, I mean, who is listening to the start of a radio show at 530 in the morning? I remember having that right. conversation with one of our PDs saying, why are we starting the show? Burning off some material at 530 that nobody is going to hear. And I remember coming back, well, why don't you guys take it and repurpose it and do it again at 8.05? I'm like, well, why don't we just do it at 8.05? How about that? <laughs> and, and often it was 
Why are we doing it? Well, because everybody else That's right. Okay. But the social media aspect of those late night talk shows, that probably, I mean, I don't know exactly who was first, but James Corton certainly benefited from that particular bit, the karaoke bit, far beyond anything mm-hmm. that anyone, Carson, Letterman, name it. Nobody had the amount no. of viewers as that bit did. Mm-hmm. Strangely yes. enough. Yes. Um, but... The last, even on the odd, odd time that I'm up at that time, watching a late night show, one of those shows is not, doesn't even enter my mind. Yet I can, I really like Jimmy Kimmel. Sometimes I'll, you know, have a little YouTube session and I catch yeah. up on all of, a lot of Kimmel's uh, monologues, which I th- think are great. I watched He's got to be the most comfortable man in his own skin th- that I've ever seen. And I know the reason you like him is the same reason I do. He's the most like Letterman because he was a Letterman fan. I mean, he's part of that sort of tradition. Mm-hmm. But I've, I'll tell you who I, I watch mostly, strangely enough, on YouTube is uh, Seth Meyers. I yeah. like that mm-hmm. bit he does. Whatever it's, and I can't remember now. It's like mm-hmm. another look, or a, it's about an eleven minute a closer piece, look, a closer I think look. It's yeah. And I find it partly the reason I'm attracted to it is because it's about politics, usually, or some of it is, and it's got he's got a good perspective, and and he's a great his he's a great joke writer, mm-hmm. and and he has great joke writers, mm-hmm. but I've never seen his show either. I I, I tell you, who I don't like is uh, the syrupy guy, I, Fallon. <laughs> Yeah, like, I like him as a guy. I just think his show is dumb. He's got a fake laugh. Yeah, I, that's what syrupy. I don't like. Like every so often, he's like he's got a like I don't know. He's pand- uh, pandering or whatever to the guests, like an over laughing, and it's just fake. And he puts his hand like over, yeah, like he's really like, laughing hard. But, but yeah, but, but he was a good. I think he was on either Smartless or the Spade Show. But I liked him as a guest. And same with mm-hmm. Colbert. I love Colbert. Never seen a show. I wouldn't sit. To your point, mm-hmm. I wouldn't tonight turn on one of those shows and wait for it to start and wait for the commercials and then they come back mm-hmm. from commercial. It just seems ridiculous to me. Yeah, you want me to sit here and wait for you to come back from commercial? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But there's going to be a certain pe- amount of people that are attracted to the show from that world. Yeah. But to get the newer eyeballs to begin with, it has to be on, on social media. It has to be on demand platforms, yeah. right? Because you can't, uh, yeah. like, yeah, I don't even get them on, you know, Roku or Crave or what are sure. those. It's just, it's, it's a vicious circle. It's like, what do you do? You got to do it, but it's hurting you live. The traditional model for our radio show was we did something on the show. We would edit it and and we would play a clip of it later through like this morning on the Humble and Fred show. And we'd play a clip of the show so that you heard it and went, oh, that sounds like a show for me. And maybe you'd listen the next morning. The like problem, the stuff Kyle did for us this week. They, yeah, the, I was going to say, but the problem with social media is that you can see all you want of James Corden. And never have to watch the show. So to your point about cannibalizing your audience, that's kind of what they've done. But I think they've reconciled the fact that if you get a billion views of Adele singing songs with him in a car, there's a benefit mm-hmm. to that somewhere. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Uh, you were talking about Fox News the other day with uh, Gut, Gutfeld. Gut, mm-hmm. Greg whatever. Gutfeld, who yeah. is literally so not way, funny. Say what you want about Fox, but about Fox, but they have the best sets and the best lighting in the business. And some very they, they, attractive they humans. Good. And humans mm-hmm. that look Humans good, that yeah. are attractive. I was listening to somebody who's, whose assessment of the whole thing is that Fox News is going to get worse in the next little while. 
because uh, they need the the viewers because they're they're renegotiating their cable contracts coming up where they get most of their money from. They're, they're, most of the money oh. does not come from advertising. Mm-hmm. And that person's perspective was that within six years or so, once this next contract round, because uh, it has been that they've Require they've wanted a lot of money for that service for the cable subscribers, but there may be in the next time round they may not end up being that tier one or whatever it is that they mm. uh, they mm-hmm. have down there on cable subscriptions. So uh, it, it, this may be the downward slide, the beginning of the downward slide for Fox. Yeah, or it's got to be presented differently because it's just not. You know, I look at it this way. And when I watch CNN, it's like watching have it's like watching adults like have a a grown up conversation. You may disagree with it. Like sometimes I get mad at Don Lemon or whatever, but it's like grown ups having a conversation. You switch over to Fox and it's like some little snot nosed schoolyard kids insulting each other, you know? So it's got to be presented in such a way that, hey, okay, if we're going to be on the top tier, this thing you're watching, Fox News, isn't really news, just so you know. It's it's something different. It falls into a different category. You know? It's almost like they should have a disclaimer. Yes. Say, listen, mm. just so you know, from nitwits, uh, just quickly, I just uh, looked at our email, and we talked at the beginning of the program about the cost of non-alcoholic beer. This comes from Gordy. says, hey, guys, although you hit on the smaller scale of production... He's talking about the cost and overhead okay. cost, which is a factor. Product cost is likely the biggest factor. Factor, He says the manufacturing process of most non-alcoholic beer requires the production of normal beer and the extra step of removing the alcohol, which is why it's some kind, sometimes called de-alcoholized, without destroying the taste. So while there are no alcohol taxes, the product cost is definitely higher. So we were close, saying they make it in smaller batches. But I, that he's pointing out that process to take away the alcohol is something that we maybe not consider. Mm-hmm. Uh, interesting. Very interesting. So, um, yeah. Then uh, it says, as a consumer, it's a choice you make, right? Uh, um, lastly, I mean, there's a couple things I've been saving for you guys. Uh, just as a recommended, I, want, I, I think I mentioned this the other day, Christina P., if you're looking for something this weekend, the special is called Mom Jeans. Give it five or six minutes, and then you're going to laugh your fucking asses off. So that's one thing I'd recommend. I had a situation I, I thought of you two the other day, because we had been talking about the idea of tipping when you go pick up food. Mm-hmm. And I, you know, I just find that so weird that I go to your... There's no po- real service involved, you mean? Well... Because if you ask me to tip you 10 or 15 or 20% on me picking it up, basically you're just saying, remember when you thought the cost was $50, it's actually $60. Mm-hmm. So what, is, you know what I mean? Like, oh, so my mm-hmm. bill is 50 No, it's really $60 if I tip you when I pick up the food. Mm-hmm. So I had a situation the other day. Charlie came over and our regular sushi place was closed on Monday, which for some reason sushi places sometimes are. And I went to a place I don't normally go down the street. I ordered it. I went to pick it up, and it was like 70 bucks. And uh, it was very busy that night, and he gives me the food. And then I get the machine, and uh, he goes away for a second. And, and, and sometimes these establishments give you the no-tip option. But right away, I see it on the, on the display of the machine, and it says tip whatever percentage. And I just go zero. 
And I thought, oh, good. He's, he's, all I'll do is tap my card, hit zero, and then I'll be able to get out of here before I have to have an, an awkward encounter with him. Right. And so I, this is perfect. <laughs> so then I did that. And then all of a sudden I looked down on the screen and it just says processing. I'm like, oh, shit. <laughs> I'm going to stay here while it's processing. And I thought, this is the, the worst that's going to happen is it's going to time out and I'm going to have to do it again. El cheapo. <laughs> but you know what? He came over and he said, do you want your receipt? I'm like, no, that's fine. Uh, I and I felt okay about it, but I'm like, I just think it's a weird thing for. And I know a small business mm-hmm. is. I don't know. I don't know what to think. I just think it's a weird thing to ask people to do. If I pick up the food, uh, you're, uh, there is no service. You've made the food. That's what we. That no, was the I contract know. we signed. I know. I give you money. You give me food. Like, what are you going to start tipping the woman at Sobeys? Like, you know, because it's the same thing, right? You're yes. And you picked up your food. <laughs> and I told this to somebody last night at, at golf. I said, you know, I just found it awkward. And they said, well, it's like that. Do you go to McDonald's and tip them? No, you don't. I I notice, Howard, uh, around here, like I, there's two Caribbean restaurants I go to and actually two Indian. And not, none of them, it's not even an option. They yeah. just, it's not even on the machine. There's no tip jar or anything, which is refreshing because I'm not in, I'm not sort of put in the position that you were. Yeah, and I like when they do that. I like when a, a business will just, if you're picking it up, they mm-hmm. uh, there's no option to give them a tip. Mm-hmm. And it's not like, and that's why I'm saying like, if the, so the bill was 70, but you want me to give you 84? Mm-hmm. Uh, it doesn't make any sense. No. All right, Dan, here we go. Named Dan Duran, a hell of a guy with a hella big wang, the quintessential anchor man. His voice is nice and low. Dan Duran, the anchor man, comes as for credentials. He has none. Can't tell a headline from his bum, but his voice is nice and low. Dan Duran, the anchorman's here He's prone to falling off his chair But he's got a big wang So he don't care And his voice is nice and low My voice is nice and low For Dan Duran's news Let's listen to this message Do you find yourself living at work Instead of working from home? Couldn't this have been an email? When it feels like all that's left is work hard You know it's time to play It's easy to find your next favorite game At bodog.net Play free casino games, get poker tips, and check out the latest sports odds. Visit Bodog.net today. Hashtag make a play. And now live from a trailer, here's Dan. <laughs> That's all I have. You've run out. Huh? I've run out of things to say about End of the week. Yeah, I'm tired. End of the week. I didn't sleep very well. I had a cramp in my leg. Oh. Burying someone you murdered can kill you. In South Carolina, where such things seem to happen, police discovered Joe McKinnon dead in his backyard. Then they discovered a body in a pit next to him, half buried. Police pieced it together after the autopsy. Joe strangled his girlfriend inside their house, and then he dug a pit and had started to cover up the body. While burying her, Joe suffered a heart attack and then died. <laughs> so the public service part of this is just like somebody shoveling heavy snow. Same applies here. If you aren't used to burying your victim, right. take it slow. Take some breaks. <laughs> take some breaks. So when these guys get up to... Dan, you're a religious scholar. When they get up to heaven and meet Jesus, is he just looking at them and going, what the fuck were you guys thinking? Like, what's he well, saying? Well, there's, there's a thing at the gates, right? Yeah. Let me in. There's a list. 
you go through the list and yeah. you know it's just like uh, I don't th- I don't think so. Yeah, let me get this straight. You you died while burying someone you killed. I don't even think I don't even think you should be at this table. <laughs> I'm just sitting here thinking, where would I bury doll? Like without being seen. Anyway. Well, <laughs> given given your back history, you got to call me over. I'll help you. But she doesn't weigh very much. You could probably Can't throw do her it in the backyard because people could see front yard. Obviously not. Mm. Maybe just dump, dump her by the uh, the playground over there. <laughs> Cross. That's awful. If my yeah. kids ever heard this, I don't have to worry yeah. about that. No, exactly. Uh, I'll tell, you know what? I'm going to be hanging with your son next Thursday. I'll tell him, hey, what I, your dad's wondering if he was going to kill your mom, where he would bury her. And he's just looking at me and yeah. go, yeah, that sounds like... Uh, what you do is you order Dad that would be like, dirt. that sounds order, like Fred. You know that dirt in a bag Yes, we were talking about last week. Oh, right. And, yes. And just leave it in the driveway forever. <laughs> No, barrier in there. No, Dan, (laughs) we'll get to it one day. You're almost there. You you basically order the the bag, put her in it, and then call them up and say, you know what? I don't really need this after all. I don't want it. Take it back. Come and get it. And then you're like, anyone seen doll? (laughs) That's terrible. Thinking about murdering your wife and burying her in a bag of mulch. Although there was a time a few years ago, if that had been an option, it certainly would have been cheaper than what the you know the option I took. Oh, I know. the <laughs> Much price has gone up. Mm-hmm. Um, now it's almost cheaper to let them live. Hmm? <laughs> okay, Dan Duran, is there any more news? Of course uh, there is. Oh, can't wait. Today, Toronto is going to vote on unbanning the banned booze in parks. Other cities have relaxed rules around drinking in parks and beaches, and TO's proposed regulation is a pilot project that would permit the consumption of alcohol at parks and beaches with washrooms between 11 and 9, 11 a.m. and 9 p.m., from May till October. Alcoholic beverages would still be prohibited near playgrounds and sport fields consistent with the city's existing smoking bylaws. And the drinks may not exceed 15% alcohol by volume. So that would mean, you know, basically mixed drinks or beer or wine. I'm assuming that's where they're going. So you, you, can't, know, walk around, you can't walk around with uh, a 40 of whiskey? Yeah, that's uh, it's, uh, too strong. That's funny. You know, it's that whole freedom thing on the surface. You go, yeah, why not? We're grown up. We can do it. But, you know, it all depends on the idiots. Are they going to wreck it for the rest of us? Because, you know, if they allow this and there's, you know, ridiculous behavior and more litter and all that stuff, uh, there goes your freedom. So counselors have to take into account how many idiots live in their city? Before they put no, I, I just say That's you're your gonna, advice? you know, you're gonna roll it out and see what happens. Hopefully, people respect uh, that privilege. That's all. Yeah, what do you think the chances of that happening are? I don't know. Yeah, mm. yeah, and it's funny because we always talk about how immature Americans are, but we do sur- mm-hmm. still have some immature, seemingly antiquated laws. But I guess they're there to protect uh, you know us against the you know the crazy people getting hammered. Uh, yeah, but on the other hand, if you know, if you, if you do it right, if you set it up, I don't know if this is the right way or not. But you know, having a picnic and mm-hmm. you know your family's there and there's people around with blankets and all that kind of yeah, thing. Yeah, but here, here's the point, Dan. It's one of the that happens already. You know, maybe we should just leave it where it is. People just yeah. you know bring it and then they tend to behave themselves more because what they're doing is slightly illegal or illegal. You know what I mean? If it if it's open, well, well, well people are getting ticketed. 
I mean, Toronto's a pretty busy city, so yeah. that is happening. But Fred's, well, but Fred's right. People are, all, people are already having a beer and a glass of wine mm-hmm. on their blanketed picnics. Just use your red Solo cup and... Mm. But I'm just saying, if they throw it open, then, you know, who knows what's going to happen, hopefully. Um, let me tell you guys something. Dan's News Today brought to you by Health Gauge. Uh, Health Gauge is, you know, a lot of this, there's a, a, a whole world opening up, not just keeping track of the steps you take. What's going on inside of you? Your heart rate variability, your blood pressure. Don't you want to know your oxygen saturation? Well, you should. What are you just sitting around there not knowing about it? You, there could be changes in your pulse wave velocity. And you could just be like watching Netflix going, I feel weird. But if I had a health gauge, I'd know exactly what's going on. Now you can get one. Go to health hey, gauge. Hey, it would help Joe in uh, South Carolina. It would have. <laughs> If you're burying your dead spouse and you start to feel a little bit weird, you just look down at your phoenix and you're like, oh, wow, my heart rate is up. Could it be because I've murdered somebody and now I'm overexerting myself? Great call, Dan. Go to healthgauge.com. Put in the promo code HUMBLEFREDHG for a 15% off at checkout. Healthgauge.com. Today bringing you Dan Duran and all his wisdom. You know, uh, Tim, Tim, Tim Niblett is a portfolio manager. Raymond James, a member of the Canadian Investors Protection Fund. Timmy was on the show yesterday. Very, very enlightening. He, uh, uh, he recommended a few books on happiness and success and a TED Talk, which was very entertaining by a guy named Sean Accor, I think it was. Uh, happiness and success, we have it backwards, generally. And he recommended if some things we can do, you know, a couple of minutes a day, appreciating what we have, and maybe even join a happiness group, meaning, you know, disassociate with those who bring you down and just, you know, associate with those who bring you up. Yeah, it was, it was good, you know, and this all comes back to just generally our lives and our futures and our retirements and our productivity. Uh, more great information from that great man, Tim Niblett, retirementsherpa.ca. And speaking of uh, only hanging out with positive people, it's time once again to visit with our producer, who is positive about the success that this program is having. And speaking of, I mean, really, it's just turned around in the last year and a half. I don't know where we were, but I know where we are. Please welcome back to our program, uh, Toronto, Mike Boone. Hey guys, how's it going? Boone, uh, right on, brother. Boone, man. Uh, Boone's got a bit of a. I was going to say pickle up his ass, but considering today's theme, he's got a rubber pickle up his ass. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, about, uh, I think he finds it. I mean, I'm being dramatic, but I think he finds it fascinating that I'm watching the Leafs and you are watching the Jays. <laughs> just, oh yeah, no pickle up my ass. I just find it interesting because I'm similar to Fred, lifelong Leaf fan, and also jaded by these disappointments since 2004. But to me, you know, there's 162 Jays games. Like uh, that, this is like the most meaningless event is a single, like a regular season Jays game. Meanwhile, the first period of Game Five is happening. You're tied two two. You're at home. I don't know how you resist, Fred. Well, I, I, I think I, I've tried to make it. It's got nothing to do with the Blue Jays. They just happen to be on. It's just I've seen this act before, and I just wish not to be part of it. Like. 
You know what I mean? I don't... Believe me, if they make the second round, I'm all in. It's just this whole first round thing and the way that the pattern is exactly the same. And then when they laid the the egg the other night, I just had no interest of, in tuning it in to see. And then they were down 2 nothing that I could see. I just didn't... I don't want that feeling of watching it. I've, I've had it too many times. And I'll I give it a I, shot tonight. The thing is, I get it. Uh, yeah. I mean, I know, it, it, and it probably would be less unusual if I weren't so into it. Yeah, like I, I love that. <laughs> so, Howard, I love that you're all in. Like you're you're on the bandwagon. You're one of us. Let's go. Like tonight, I can't wait for tonight. I can't wait for puck drop. I know it's funny. <laughs> one of the first things I said to him tonight is this a seven o'clock or a seven thirty start? But but I but I've said this enough, and it's not like I'm faking it. I like sports the most when they count and I was excited to watch that game the other night but I will tell you even in my limited couple of weeks on the wagon you know I see what I see it's a very frustrating I said to myself I may have told you this when I was watching that first period as as it was ending and I was keeping track of how few fucking shots they had on net Mm -hmm. it was 14-2 with five to go I said to myself okay the next goal scored will determine whether I watch any more of this and I started thinking during intermission, okay, what am I going to watch? If Tampa Bay goes three up, uh, three nothing, I'm done here. Uh-huh. And they came out and it was a super 40 minutes. It was really, really entertaining. Well, here's the thing. Um, I don't care as much as I used to either. That's number one. Of course. It might have. Like, how old are you, Boo? 47. Well, yeah, when I was 47, I would have had a completely different spin on this believe me i would yeah for sure I'm just tired of it I, I i'm literally tired and it goes back to something we said about the late night talk shows i can sit there and i you know not make it part of my world and then look at my phone and think oh they scored a couple of goals and instantly watch those goals and go oh it's 2-2 in the third yeah now i'll watch you know I haven't sat through 40 minutes of this team not showing up again. Mm-hmm. I don't want to watch that. I'm not in. Like, even tonight. Like, I'll watch the first 10 minutes. Mm-hmm. And if they get buried, I'm gone. It's not like I'm going to watch the whole game. It's not like I'm going to watch two periods. And then if I go away and I found out there's been some miraculous comeback, I'll put it back on. But I'm not watching them not show up. Yeah. I can get... I said this to, mm-hmm. uh, I said this to you a couple <clears throat> weeks ago. I made the point that... Just what you said, that mm-hmm. you, you've got 50-plus years of frustration. He's only been mm-hmm. alive for, you know, so right. you, Boone, you would have been like, let's say you came online at age seven in terms of your awareness of the team. So you've had yeah. 40 years of frustration. He's had like 60. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but Fred, do you have memories? You have memories of a Stanley Cup win, win or no? What is your yes. memory of 67? No, I do. The night they won the Stanley Cup and I, and I got to stay up and I remember I fell asleep and then my dad woke me up just as the, it was ending so I could see them be awarded the Stanley Cup and everything. And uh, You've got yeah. that for life. Like, that's something I mm-hmm. don't have. Mm-hmm. But again, I was nine. I hadn't even turned. No, I was ten. And, uh, you know, it was in black and white. That's so funny. <laughs> um, and, yeah. And I don't when have it. When was the last time the Leafs were in the second round of the play? 2004. I was going to say 15 years ago. Mm-hmm. So now it's uh, 18 years ago. Dan, 1967 was the last time they were even in a Stanley Cup final. That's how disgusting it is. Mm-hmm. And that's why you grow impatient and tired of it. And jaded, dude. Like, I get it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and, and and maybe it's because of, you know, recent circumstances. I got a little more time and uh, I've enjoyed watching it because uh-huh. I don't know anything about the team. Right. 
And then all of a sudden, and I, and I, but I only, I I get it by association. You know, I have some perspective based on you and and Mike and I've enjoyed it. I will tell you those 40 minutes where they came back surprisingly, that was some, there were some moments there, Mike, with, uh, in, in five on five situations that some of the best hockey I've seen in a long time. Like I was so impressed by how they dominated that team. It was like, who the fuck are they? that's why we all love sports like you have no idea what you're gonna get like that first period i was like oh my god here we are shitting the bed again like this is awful and then uh the second period we show up and suddenly it's like oh look at this fight back like freddie says this team doesn't have that pushback that fight but here we are in a big game game five two two against the defending stanley cup champion the leafs are pushing back fighting win the game that austin matthews goal like Tavares gets one. You know, it was, it no, was Tavares really good. You know, you know who I think was most surprised? Tampa Bay. I think they were like, what? Because they did. Well, they looked a little bit. You know, it's funny. I'm just going to finish this last point. You put pressure on. In sports, you put a little pressure on your opponent. Right. And they start to look ordinary. Go ahead, Fred. Well, well, here's another test tonight just to see what this team is about. They know exactly what's going to happen at the beginning of the game tonight. Right? Right. Tampa's going to be desperate. It's game six. They've got to win to force a game seven. So they're going to come out, you know, with a pretty determined attitude. The Leafs know what's going to happen. Now, their job is to prepare for it. Or are they going to let it happen? They don't need to let it happen because they're talented. Right. It's just, are they going to show up to push back against what they know is actually going to help it happen out of the gate tonight? That's what I'll be watching and for. Last point on this would be that... Uh it's been forever since the Tampa Bay Lightning have lost two playoff games That's in a right. row. That's right. It's 14. Yes. This will be their forever. 15th opportunity. Right. In the 14 previous ones, they've won the second game. They've never lost two. Right. Yeah. Right. And, uh, you know, that's got to come to an end at some point. Maybe tonight. Yeah. <laughs> Woo. Can't wait. Cel- celebrating mm-hmm. small victories and maybe not ex- your expectations getting too high might be the mm-hmm. way around all this. So if you, you know, they get into the second round, that's a, that would be you know a, a, a win. You know, very good. But you know what that is, Dan? That is some great. <laughs> that's your like Swami Dan. I appreciate that. Zen, the, no. the Zen, Dan Zen. Mm-hmm. He's right. But, it, but but that is true. If they get to the second round, I'm all in now because it's like wow. Mm-hmm. This team has shown me something that several teams before it haven't. And if they're capable of knocking off the defending champs in this fashion, then, hey, they got a shot at doing it all, uh, winning it all. Um, so, yeah. Well, they're, uh, I'll so be there in my Leaf shirt uh, on the edge of my couch. And, and to Mike's point, you know, that's what we love about sports in general, especially when they count. You just never know. And the thing is... If they're good enough to beat the defending Stanley Cup champions, they're potentially good enough to beat everyone. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. Right. Well, let's face it, Fred. It is I a agree. very good team. Like we have some we want to see what Jack Campbell is. But bottom line is this is actually a good team. It's just that we historically have had no playoff success in this uh, era. <laughs> well, it's also, Leafs have also had lot, the problem is, Mike, Leafs have had several good teams, but they're not good enough. And yeah. maybe this one isn't good enough. And here's We've the thing, had though. The best, you know, the best goal scorer in the league. Yeah, but We've Mike, Mike, had, uh, it's not it doesn't matter who they have on the ice. It's the curse of the Maple Leafs. <laughs> That's jersey. right. It's the jersey. It's the oh. fucking jerseys cursed. And by the way, I'm sorry. I Jack Campbell is not. He, he, you know what? He's good enough. He's good, but he may not be good enough. He just needs a little bit of luck. I'm not saying he didn't make some great saves. In fact, that's what a, 
he did, Freddie didn't say it, but if you watch the first period, there was a moment toward the end of the first period that he saved a goal that right. gave the team a little bit of a a light. Because if they go down three nothing, it's it's over basically. I hardly watched any of it the other night. I watched towards the end. It was three. What was the score? Uh, it was three two. The then they tied it up, and then uh, they won four. They, they ended, ended uh, up four, winning three. four three. Yeah, when it was 4-3 or three down the stretch, I'll say, I'm going to watch the closing minutes, see if they can hold on or get a, a, a an empty netter. But when I flipped over, I was totally, totally prepared for Tampa Bay to score with like six or seven seconds to go. Yeah. That's my mind frame. It's like, because again, I've seen it before. Yeah. And it's like, I'm going to put this over now and it's going to be like, oh, geez, somebody's <laughs> going to miss an assignment and then it's going to be 4-4 four, four, and then I'm going to have to sit through mm-hmm. overtime. I don't know. I the, can't explain it. Well, the funny thing is, Mike's right, though. It, 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 yeah. and, and they've had mm. good... This, this is a good team. Mm-hmm. You know, they've never had the leading goal scorer. But it, it's funny. It's like, potentially, this could be the team. And, and if they get by this first round, mm-hmm. and then we got something. Mike, let's not bother going into the uh, Jocktober stuff today, just because we're, we're, we're getting close. But I did want to talk about Toronto Mike's uh, event, TML X 9 is Friday. Well, it's uh, funny, just, you guys were just talking about... Give us the details. Yeah, like, so you guys were just talking about how one day it might be legal to drink in a public park in this city, mm-hmm. and it's long overdue, is, if you ask me. We should police the guys who abuse it and not have some kind of, like, nanny state that says, you know, one person's acting up, so none of you get it now. That's like, to right. me, that's insane. The bad apple state. And how would that happen, Mike? Explain how that would happen. Well, when somebody, you know... Uh, is doing something uh, offensive to the community, the police come in and sure. and they give them a ticket and remove them. Are you the saying park. if somebody acts a fool? <laughs> oh, I see. Oh, leave it right. to the police. I thought you meant self-police. Like, oh, oh, no, let's no. not, mm-hmm. not do that. So I'll just give you the details very quickly. Is We have uh, the ninth Toronto Mike listener experiences tomorrow night. That's Friday the 13th at 6 p.m. Uh, if you... Email me, Mike at TorontoMike.com or DM me on Twitter at TorontoMike. I will send you like a pirate map, like where we are. We're in Marie Curtis Park, which is in the southwest corner of the uh, city. We're all collecting at 6 p.m. tomorrow. Everyone is welcome. Come on in. Just check in. We just It's a great time. And uh, FOTMs are all invited. I thought you usually had those at the brewery. Well, we mix it up. So the next one, which is the 10th, is going to be a big one at Great Lakes Brewery. But the 9th is a, I call it the low key. I don't record anything. I don't bring my gear. We literally just meet in the park and have... Uh, so do you, do you guys sit what around? Do you do? Yeah, do you sit around with like a bongo drum and some uh, like... Uh, no, this will be the third one we've had in a park. And uh, they're all, honestly, they're my favorites. Do, 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 like, people, do people what bring happens? chicken? No. Do there's some chicken and some uh, coleslaw? Literally, like, it's, it's amazing because, you know, FOTM's friends of Toronto Mike, so listeners right. all just collect there at the same time, same place. Mm. Right. And we check in with one another. We, we, we talk. Uh, I do bring uh, beverages for everybody to enjoy, and we enjoy uh, beverages. And uh, it's just like, it's good for the soul. Sure. Know it's, to, you know, you know there's no live band and there's no, like, recording. It's oh. just... We collect. You know what's good at those things? If you could bring some cold chicken, people like that. Uh, <laughs> well, you should come over, Yeah, I got. You what do you? Where is it? Well, I'll, I'll come over. I'll bring the chicken. Marie Curtis Park is very. I close love to Marie. Cur- I go to Marie Curtis Park. Where in the park do you go? So you know where the playground is on the yes. Toronto side. Just go yep. north of that. So go north of that, and there's a whole bunch of picnic tables. We have portable portable toilets. Oh. Everything set up for a, a couple of hours uh, and a beautiful night too, because it's going to yeah. be like. What time do you expect people to start arriving? 6 p.m. Friday the 13th. 
Marie Curtis Park. I'll give you a map. Or you can Google TMLX9 and find the map. Well, I'll tell you what, that's again, a beautiful park And again, you don't record city, anything yeah. or there's no, no show or it's so just this, people. Just yeah. low-key, literally, I'm there as the host and I can't wait to just like meet people. Peter Gross comes because people love selfies with Peter Gross. So there's free <laughs> selfies with Peter yeah. Gross. That's the big draw. Oh, but. Yeah, like who doesn't do you, want do you, that? Do you just do you say stuff? Like, is there like yeah. a presentation of some sort? Like, I'll, I'll hey, everybody, I'll make a speech and uh, <laughs> we'll go around. We'll get in a big circle and we'll go around and just check in. Like, if you're new to the TMLX experience, uh, you'll introduce yourself and. I'll, yeah, it's, it's honestly, it's you have to be there to kind of get it, but it's uh, See, it's, like it just kind of, it sounds no, it sounds like the kind of beautiful event that if I showed up, I would just wreck. You would love it, Howard. You would <laughs> just love it. wreck it. Can you bring a frisbee? You can bring a frisbee. People bring their dogs. Oh, maybe I'll bring. Bring so Some of them are bigger. Like you're on the patio. There's a live band. Like these are some TMLXs, no, and then you're like thinking, oh, like I I need to bring out a hundred people for this Great Lakes event. But the low key park ones, I personally don't care if I've got. 15 FOTMs or if I have 500 FOTMs, although I won't have enough beverages for 500 FOTMs, but mm-hmm. I don't care because it's so low-key. It's just chill and lovely. I was going to say, that's a great park. I've taken stand there many, many times. It's about a, I don't know what it is, like five or six minutes from here, just off Brown's line and then over to the, on the lake shore. It's a beautiful park in the middle of uh, this area and right by the lake. It's fantastic. I see guys in there, Dan, uh, practicing their uh, kite boarding. Mm-hmm. And, oh. and recently, I've seen some guys in wetsuits kiteboarding right off the shores there at Marie Curtis. Are you thinking of taking it up? It was one of the things I wanted to do until I found out how long it was going to take me to learn how to do it and how much money it was. And I'm like, ah, I can learn I something I think you just else. lean forward, don't you? <laughs> That's right. do, people do, a, do people do a good job of picking up the dog shit in that park? Yes, actually, they do. What about the goose shit? There's probably goose shit everywhere. No, no. I was there yesterday. I did a scouting mission. I wanted to make sure there was toilets for everybody. So uh, I was there yesterday. No goose shit. It's actually a lovely park, like Howard yeah, said. So and, Mike, uh, I just put, go ahead. Go on, you go ahead. Yeah, I just was telling you, everyone listening, on the, I put a link in the uh, Facebook live stream, just a link to where I have a, a map and more information on what the hell TMLX9 is. So when I come off the lakeshore and I head into the park, heading south toward the water, there's the parking lot. And then on, you know, have to sort of cross a bridge to go across to that one part. Where are you going to actually be gathering? So we're on the... Uh, on the Toronto... On, on the, the east, east side? side? Okay. Yeah, the east side, just north of the playground. Okay, very good. Uh, Toronto Mike, listener experience nine. It's low key. It's a drum low circle. <laughs> it's yeah. uh, bring your, uh, your blankets and uh, enjoy Smart a nice words. evening. Uh, does it sometime devolve? Do people just start making out randomly? Is there any of that kind of, is there a makeout sesh? So that's it. So, you know, the reason we introduced the park ones is because the pandemic hit and right. it wasn't safe to gather. So we introduced the outdoor TMLXs. And, and I enjoyed the first two so much that like, yeah, here we are doing another one, even though I could have this at Palma's Kitchen or I could have it at yeah. Great Lakes Brewery. But let's do a big one, number 10 in late August and do that on the patio. I'm going to go get uh, my fourth booster, so I'll be all boosted up. Bring your dog. Like, bring Stan, man. It'll be a great time. You know, I would definitely do it. I'm, I'm, I'm playing golf Friday afternoon, so I don't know if I'll be back in time, but I, I will be there in spirit, my friend. Do you, is there a collection plate? <laughs> no collection plate, my friend. Okay. Do, you, is it, do you have to bring your own incense, or do you, do you supply it? <laughs> P-Y-O-I. Hey, Dan, why don't yes. you go down, do your episode of um, Toronto Mike, 
right. and then you can go over and be part of the the group. That's an idea. He's thinking about it. On that note, now that I hear that Dan was providing the content for the Deanie Petty show, I have more questions. Mm. Yeah, we all do. Um, Just just think of what that episode would be. Dan, Humble and Fred producer. Dan, Deanie Petty show. Dan, Eno. Dan, movie. 70 movies. At at least 70 movies. Some of the stars, Dan's. You could just do two hours of who have you worked with and what were they like. Dan, you like yourself. Why aren't you not doing this episode? <laughs> uh, I'll, I'll, I, you know, it's it, it hasn't been convenient since we. Oh. I've agreed that I will do it. Sucking so, on it, sucking on it all night long. You were down in the city last week. You were hanging out at my place. You yeah, could have gone over to Mike's place. I know. Then well, after you the next taken day, an hour to talk to Boone. Although your episode would be at least oh, four. four hours long. Yeah. <laughs> Can I promote two more quick, quick, quick things? One is I just want to let people know Steve Pakin dropped by a couple of nights ago, uh, the night of that game five, actually. He was wearing his Johnny Bauer jersey. And we did like a very interesting deep dive into like Ontario Politics 101, basically a primer for everyone who has any questions about this election we have on June mm-hmm. 2nd. So, okay. Yeah, I saw Pakin was on. And last but not least, tomorrow, so I have Mastermind is here today for episode 1049, but that means tomorrow I'm dropping episode 1050, which is a very deep dive into the history of 1050 Chum as a top 40 radio station. Sure. And I think 1050 fans are going to love this uh, nostalgic trip. Yeah. Well, I, I, yes, 1050. (laughs) You know who worked there? Jim Van Horn was a... The yeah, he's on chum guy. yeah, he's on Crazy. this Crazy. Yeah, the first song I ever I ever requested was at 1050 Chum when they actually played it. It was such a thrill. Backfield yeah. in Motion. Remember that song? Backfield in Motion. You remember the jock that uh, played it? Offhand, no. I didn't really hang on to jock names back then. It was just 1050 Chum, and that's all that was on in our house. And I remember I was home from school sick one day, and I phoned in. They asked for a request. I did it. He said my name, played the song. Backfield in motion, yeah. I'm gonna have to penalize you. Okay, without Googling it, without Googling it, I will give you... A twenty percent tip, <laughs> if you can mention, if you can name anybody, don't Google this. Who did this song? I didn't know. Who asking was me? I'm asking anybody. Because mm. I know the song. I've played it before. Oh no, no, no! I, I, I think I know who did it too, but I won't give it away. But look, I'd be fascinated if you could come up with it. Anybody? Isn't it like Sam and Jay or something? Or Mel something and like Tim. Mel and oh, Tim. Wow. Okay, yeah. uh, Sorry, who remembers Mel and Tim? Nobody. Well, I say Sam and Jim. Sam and Jim. Sammy. Sammy. Are we going to leave the subject of why Dan won't be interviewed by Toronto Mike? Because to me, that could be. I could do an hour of that right now. Dan has one of the most fascinating career arcs of yeah. anyone in this country. Maybe I'll just do the interview, Boone, and then I'll send it to you. <laughs> okay. But why, Dan? Why? You're, you're in the city a lot. You Come on, you had a whole no, winter of days. In the, I'm not in the city a lot these days. I don't need okay. to be in the city a lot. No, but I, I think we want I think what we're asking, Dan, and, I, and I'm quite serious. <laughs> is that tough? I'm quite serious when I say, what is it about Mike that you find distasteful? <laughs> 
Is it the There's fact that, is it the fact that he comes on here every Thursday promoting his show on our podcast? I don't know. I find that. I find it lovely myself. Mike, what do you think the barrier for Dan's entry is? What's your feeling? I don't know. I have no clue, actually. Uh, you guys used to be neighbors. Your kids played together. It might be something to do with his affair with uh, Hazel McCallion. Is that it, Dan? <laughs> No, I don't, yeah. Obviously, I don't have to go to every, every aspect of my, uh, my love life. On this <laughs> well, we know podcast. you had sex with a grandma. I didn't know it was Hazel. <laughs> we know you did some grandma booty. <laughs> I, I remember that distinctly. Dan was first. Dan was first across the line to fuck a grandma. We spent. <laughs> got no interest in this. <laughs> You know, he's just like, why? Dad's like, why? Why can't we just, can I just talk about the trailer and things? (laughs) All right. That's the kind of guy that goes around and brags about any of this. There's nothing to brag about. He's going to ask you questions. Where did you start? I started in Didsbury. How many (laughs) weddings of Howard's were you at? I was at all of them. Uh, You know, how how did you come to Toronto? If Dan listened to an episode, he'd relax. Like I think I don't think he's ever yeah. listened, so I don't think he has a clue what it's no. about. But honestly, Dan, listen to any just cherry pick an episode. I'll do that. I'll, absolutely. I'll, that, let's yeah. do a step by step. I'll do that. I tell you what. Sure. Next time you're okay. driving to the East Coast, listen to episode yeah. one thousand. It'll take you all the way there. <laughs> all right. That's true. That's true. <laughs> all right. Well, listen. Uh, I don't want to make anyone feel any more uncomfortable. Uh, do you have a moment or two to let people know yeah, that next Howard, week? Just so you know, I came locked and loaded to talk I, about I you know, guys I'm, and Opie and Anthony doing Jocktober. It's so a I don't running, have any interest in just talking. It's a running you. gag, my friend. I'm happy to promote TMLX at Marie Curtis. Listen, do we have a show next week? Yes. Are we going to have some guests? Who are they? Yes, Monday we have uh, Larry Fedorik returning to the program. Nice. Larry, Larry's our guest on Monday. And then Jeff Lumby for his monthly is our guest on Tuesday. And Bill Brio, better late than never, making his May appearance on Wednesday. Yeah, I got a lot of stuff to talk about with Bill. Some stuff I've seen, some stuff I wonder if I should see. Um, maybe the future of... There's so much uh, streaming now. Paramount is now available in Canada as a prime part of the prime channels that they have. And uh, like, I just don't know, you know, I know part of the thing we're all supposed to get rid of our cable. But if I added up all the money we're spending or I'm spending on streaming, it's quite a bit now. I think it's putting it's forcing us back to at least some of us back to piracy. I think that's where we're back. We're back to the Pirate Bay. Oh, yeah. Yeah, maybe. Mm-hmm. Or the secret server we're not supposed the to The secret talk about. server, exactly. You know, I was thinking about society and the trouble we're in. Like, I've seen some signs now at some gas stations with, uh, you know, you absolutely have to pay before you go in now mm-hmm. and surveillance cameras for theft. And I'm thinking, it gets back to what we said earlier this week if a guy has to get to work and he's got to drive his car and he doesn't have the money to buy the gas some on some level and i guess there's no excuse for it that that could be a byproduct people turn into thieves or if you got no money and you got you need some groceries for your kid you go into sobeys and you stuff it into a thing and you run out and it's like yeah it's it's theft and it's wrong but in these times we live in, if people become desperate, is that one of the byproducts? I don't know. 
we have food banks. It all scares me. Yeah, there's no gas banks though. Like, yeah, so food. You're right. If you if you can't feed your kids, there are services in this city that where you can get food to feed your family. Right. But there's no gasoline banks. Yeah. But, uh, my my question is what desperation can do to people. That's yeah, absolutely. All. And it's not a true indication of necessarily who they are. But who no? But all. human beings driven to desperation will do desperate things. I was going to tell yeah. you. I had to. I went to a Barry. Barry. I went to Barry last uh, Saturday. So I put gas in my car. Didn't quite fill it up. I think I told you I put $100 in it. Didn't fill it up. So now after just driving from Saturday till yesterday, the driving I've done, I had to fill my car up again. And this time I filled it all the way up and it was $116 to fill my car. And it reminded me of... uh, you know, years ago when I was a cigarette smoker, I remember somebody saying, you know, if it ever gets to $5 a pack, I'm going to quit. Well, you don't have the option of quitting gas. But do you know what cigarettes are now? Anyone care to guess what a... No, I'm not talking about uh, the discount value brands. I'm talking about a regular top of the line, you know, what you used to... Players Light or whatever I smoked. You know what they're charging? Large or a 20? Well, I think, uh, let's say a pack of 25. you know what they're charging for cigarettes now? 14 keep going it's like $20 for premium brands $20 a pack of cigarettes yeah and see there's there's another dimension to this if you're going to stand there with a smoke in your hand and bitch about the price of stuff well then I'm sorry you've just lost me right because what if a person that's a buck uh, say a pack a day there's 140 addicted right Fred like this is like this is an addiction I know but hey, look at Howard with alcohol. Look at other people that have quit smoking. It's possible. And again, if you're setting your priorities, what's important in life, and you know, and you need to generate some extra cash, you can't. That's one hundred and forty dollars a week, right there. Well, that's six hundred dollars a month on cigarettes. Yeah. Yeah. And the thing is, I mean, you can go and you know get discount cigarettes and you can buy the cheaper brands but we don't have that option when it comes to gas and i by the way that gas i put into my you know piece of crap car i drive was the uh entry level i didn't use the the it was the bronze or whatever the fuck it was anyway well uh there you go i think we've uh we've exhausted our supply of nonsense thanks very much to our guests today which were the uh listeners who sent us all those fascinating emails michael boone TMLX nine tomorrow under a tree near a stream. <laughs> if you want, much. Uh, it's going to be a wonderful time. Bring your own chicken. BYOC. I just think there should be. You, you don't supply snacks, do you? That's a lot of money. No, I don't. I don't actually. No, the bigger events, Palma Pasta caters. But of course they do. Does anyone bring snacks? Yeah, people bring a variety of things. Like people bring, like I'm bringing books, for example. So I have a bunch of books that guests have kind of brought me, and then I'm bringing nice. them so FOTMs can take home a book. Oh, so <laughs> will you sit around and have readings? <laughs> okay. Well, before we get more feelings hurt, let's uh, have a great weekend, everybody. We'll be uh, we'll be back on Monday and uh, enjoy your life and your time, and uh, let's all cross our fingers and stay strong, Dan. 
This episode of Humble and Friend was brought to you by Gig Sky, the Retirement Sherpa, the Chambers Plan, Bodog, Health Gauge, and Hush Blankets with their 100 night guarantee. For Humble and Friend, I'm Dan Duran. And remember, enjoy your weekend and then listen Monday for more of fart humor, butt plugs, and naked golf. Take a look. From the habitations in the towns we know, a place we saw the lights turn low, the jigsaw jazz in the get fresh flow, pulling out jobs and jamboree handouts, two turntables and a microphone, bottles and cans, or just clap your hands, or just clap your hands. Where's that?